You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. The pro-Trump rioters that attacked the U.S. Capitol last Wednesday didn't exactly try to hide who they were. There were tons of videos and photos floating around the Internet from inside the Capitol. Some people even gave interviews to newspaper reporters. And lots of these people were pretty clearly identifiable, in part because they weren't wearing masks. Much of this footage was uploaded, in fact, by the rioters themselves. And in some twisted irony, now that content is being used as evidence to identify and prosecute those who broke the law. Recode Sarah Morrison is here to talk about. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Teddy. So one of the most striking parts of watching this were like these selfies and the streamed video. We had this sort of real-time journey through the Capitol um, as these people were broadcasting their activities. Why were they doing that or what was going on? So um, there are actually, you know, quite a few journalists and photographers there to document both the rally um, and then the certification of the election results in the Capitol. So we have some now famous photos taken by professional photographers. And like I said, some of these people agreed to be interviewed by like prominent media outlets on camera and I think giving their names. But then we also had many of the people who appeared to be participating in this were inside the Capitol building posting photos and videos, even live streams of themselves just on their own social media accounts. Yeah. You know, and, and obviously a lot of them were very identifiable. The, some of them are like known right-wing figures, like semi-celebrities in their hometowns, like former and current politicians. So these are like very recognizable faces and people, you know, allegedly committing some potentially serious crimes. Yeah. And why would they upload this material themselves? Like, was it just carelessness? Was it some strategy? Like, what was, why? <laughs> well, I can't, I can't think there was a lot of like strategy involved here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I'm not going to get into the minds of these people, but it, kind of seems like a lot of the organizing and the sort of stop the steal, you know, sentiment was very much online already. You know, people were pretty proud to state their leanings, that they felt the election was stolen, that they wanted to do something about it, you know, and they got a lot of information that fed that from social media and the internet. And I think in general, it's become second nature for a lot of us to just post our daily lives, you know, on the internet. So, you know, kind of makes sense in in a weird way that they would have felt perfectly free to do this and actually want to show off, Um, you know, especially if they felt they were actually entitled to be there and didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, that's one of the questions I have now is tell me, like, why exactly do we need to now use these tweets and these videos and these photos to track down people who were in the Capitol for like three or four hours? Yeah, um, it seems pretty clear now um, that the Capitol Police really didn't adequately anticipate or prepare for this. And then when it happened, I think they pretty quickly were overwhelmed and they kind of just decided that the best thing they could do was sort of let people roam around and not escalate. Mm -hmm. And then um, for whatever reason, also 
leave freely and kind of just wander away. Uh, so now we have the FBI and I think the D.C. police are left to investigate after the fact. And, you know, a great way to do that would be photos and videos of alleged crimes being committed. That'd be pretty useful. There actually are posting photos, uh, I believe the D.C. police, uh, from from the riot and asking people to help identify the people in those photos. So um, and we're starting to see some arrests now being made. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's such a high profile event. And obviously, there's a lot of people who were outraged by that behavior. Um, I got to imagine the FBI and law enforcement is going to have some help from people who, you know, are neighbors of these folks in their hometowns and might be able to identify someone. Um, Like this seems like a pretty effective use of amateur sleuths. Yeah, I mean, they've, they have put out those calls. I think they're offering rewards for information. Um, they're asking for like digital media mm-hmm. uh, that, that might show some, some of these things. So they're, you know, clearly open to that. But, you know, we have seen like Twitter accounts and Instagram accounts set up specifically to identify, you know, alleged rioters from photos and videos. They have been identifying people involved. You always have to be careful with this because, you know, if you get these identifications wrong, you know, we've seen it happen before. Innocent people are, you know, like run out of their homes. So uh, there's a balance there. Uh, but at this point now, five people have died. One of them is a police officer. And I think law enforcement's going to be extremely motivated to just do whatever they possibly can to get as many of these people as possible. Sarah, tough questions. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Teddy. 